Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, another episode of What's Tanja Talking About? Tonight, the subject is the not-so-sweet side of diabetes. And um, to help me uh, co-host this show tonight, I have life coach Irene Black. And Irene is an entrepreneur and a leader whose passion is working with fierce women who are ready to put themselves first or who may be at a crossroads of their professional journey and desire of more fulfillment out of their career and life. And a huge part of her coaching comes from her ability to be present and the power of her intuition. Uh, also on our call tonight, we have health and wellness life coach Nicole Feldman. Nicole Feldman is a leader and entrepreneur of San Cosas Naturals. Nicole, did I pronounce that correctly? Thank you very much. I wanted to make sure I got that right. Um, At the end of the night, at the end of the call, both coaches will give their contact information. If you'd like to speak with them further about tonight's topic or any other um, topic you may have that you'd like to ask one of the ladies. Also, the dial-in for tonight's telephone conversation, I'm sorry, blog talk radio conversation, is 619-924-924. 0980 and we will be taking uh questions and comments from callers and I will just uh pick you by the first three numbers of your telephone number not necessarily your area code but when it's time for questions we definitely like you to call in and share your experiences with this epidemic in our community so first hello Irene hello Nicole hi hi Sandra <laughs> Thank you, you guys for um, making yourself available for such an important topic. Um, I wanted to start off by saying we started this conversation, we wanted to do a topic on this because uh, I met Irene and during the time that I met Irene, I was sharing with her that my father, due to his diabetes, had had to have part of his leg amputated. And then she began to share some of her stories with her friends and families And we just really decided that it was an important topic to really touch upon because we seem to have grown comfortable with the diagnosis of diabetes and so many of our friends and families just aren't taking, I guess, the diagnosis serious enough. And while we ourselves may be suffering from it, it's also hard to watch our friends and family suffer from it. And currently, The CDC, the 2016 stats say that over 29 million people currently live with the diagnosis of diabetes in the U.S., and I just think that that's an astronomical number, and it baffles me as to why um, certain cultures or certain communities just can't seem to get a grasp on this disease and, you know, deal with it and manage it well. So I'd like to open up the floor uh, to have Nicole and Irene join us. And Nicole, being a health and wellness coach, she's here to answer any questions you may have on, you know, about changing your mindset, about managing, um, working with a coach to manage your diabetes on a day-to-day level to help you just get through it emotionally. And she's also here to offer, she has a lot of holistic experience with natural foods and remedies that we can also use to help improve our lives. So with that said, um, Nicole, why don't we start the floor with you, and you can, you know, introduce yourself and um, tell us your opinions or what you think, how we can get a better grip on this disease that's in our lives. 
Um, peace, everyone. <clears throat> um, first of all, I, I believe like um, diabetes. Diabe- di- uh, I believe diabetes is attached to a stigma. Like a lot, like a lot with our people, they say like, um, you know, like if they black, they have diabetes. Like it's like almost like a joke. We were discussing this earlier how people they don't take a lot of things serious until something bad happens. You get what I'm saying? They give um, junk food to their children, which is known as like type one diabetes. And then once their children get sick, they want to blame everything else except for themselves. Um, I believe that the problem in our community is that we don't take accountable for what we're putting into our bodies. Um, if we if we exercise more if we took time to actually care for ourselves a little bit better, then I believe that the statistics wouldn't be so high for our children and adults. Um, it usually start off with high blood pressure or high cholesterol levels. That's how you know you're in a danger zone, actually. Um, where you're really? Basically, yeah, really? you basically. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's oh. a lot. Like most of the people that have high blood pressure, they start getting into the danger zone of that's the sign of you're not eating well or you have something else going on where it's not breaking down, like the pancreas, your blood is not breaking down right. Something's wrong. Um, and the, the levels, like the insulin levels, different things. Now, me, I'm not into westernized medicine. So um, I use the Dr. Sebi method, really, where you just pump some iron into your blood and you just change your diet so your pH levels are high enough so disease can't exist. Um, so I don't know if you want me to go further on Can you repeat that. that method again? What was the method? If you can um, just repeat it again. Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi. That's okay. S-E-B-I. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've heard of Dr. Sebi. Mm-hmm. Um, as myself, I'm, a, I'm an alkaline raw biomineral vegan. Um, and the bio, biomineral vegans, we we live by the philosophy because it's not really a philosophy because it's actually a fact. I'll get into that in one second. Where disease can't exist in your body. Um, as for myself, to show like an example, I had problems with my blood three years ago. I was taking needles every day to thin my blood, so I was basically in the danger zone as well. Diabetes running my family. So I was taking needles every day to thin my blood so I can live, and I decided one day I'm not doing this anymore. So that's when I turned vegan, and eventually I went down the line to alkaline veganism, and I haven't taken a needle in three years. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about your mindset. You have to you have to push yourself to say no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's not going to work for everyone because everyone's not consistent. And this is why I believe that um, Nicole's job is important. Tonya, your job is important. My job is also important to be there for people because a lot of times you can feel depressed, you can feel alone. You just feel like you can feel afraid because you see things that happen to your family. They have heart attacks. They get sick. They never come out of comas. Some people go into comas. Um, they never come out. And it's, it's almost very it's atrocious what happens to our people in our community when they're not taking care of themselves with this disease. Um, so I believe that a lot of things come into play as in um, your mental stability, especially your emotional stability, because you're not emotionally grounded, then it's going to be hard for you to stay on your medication or your herbal supplements. You know what I mean? Um, it's going to be very hard for you to be consistent with yourself if you don't have the kind of support. So uh, what do you think about that? <clears throat> well, okay, if I can I chime was, in on that. I, yes, I was just yeah. about to introduce Irene. Oh, sure. Um, if I can chime in on that, I think it's a lack of education. Um, I put out, you know, on Facebook recently, you know, um, a feeler, like, you know, who has been impacted by, you know, by diabetes. And what I see as a common thread between the three of us is that, you know, we are at that borderline of, you know, of, of, of the danger zone because we have a first-line relative. You know, Tanja, you have a father. 
Um, Nicole, you said that, you know, this ran in your family. I have a father as well who has been living with this for the past 30 years. Remarkably, though, because, you know, this is somebody who I've never seen had to take insulin. I've never seen him hospitalized. So he was very much ahead of his time where we're big on health and wellness. He definitely took initiative and matters into his own hands and just really did a whole complete lifestyle change. But I think in society there's this big smoke screen of every time you turn around, somebody is succumbing or being diagnosed with cancer. So because the big thing is cancer and cancer prevention, these other underlying, you know, diseases or sicknesses are not being given the type of attention that it deserves. But a staggering number, you know, statistics shows out there that, you know, diabetes, you know, impacts more people than cancer and AIDS put together. That's what prompted me to put it out there on Facebook. Hey, you know, who has been impacted? And so many people, whether it was their parents, whether it was themselves, whether it was a kid, you know, Nicole, you talked about that, you know, how we have younger kids, kids younger and younger being, you know, diagnosed with this. And I think it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with the food that we eat, but I really believe and maybe I'm, I'm putting myself out there, but we're in a chemical warfare because, yes, we have relatives that ate the same kind of food that we ate. You know, a lot of it was, you know, seeded in car, uh, carbohydrates, you know, I mean, as a Caribbean, as a, uh, as a Puerto Rican, we love rice. We love rice, but you know what? Growing up, you know, uh, with Southerners, right, we love our mac and cheese as well as our candy ants. These are food that's really heavily rooted in carbohydrates, right? So when it does break down, if we're not really, you know, mindful of the intake, then, yeah, that's what's keeping us in the danger zone. But if we do take proactive measures, and that's why we're having this conversation, thank you so much. Tanja, for hosting this and facilitating this conversation so that we can really, you know, put some awareness out into the universe. I think we can reverse the impact of diabetes. I really do. Uh, thank. Well, first, thank you. are welcome. And I wanted to say thank you again for, you know, sharing your story and experiences. When we were discussing my father and as you talk about your mm-hmm. father, I just want to put out there that my father has been diagnosed as diabetic since 1984 and has always mm-hmm. – like you said, been ahead of his time. I used to call him the Dick Gregory of North Carolina. He literally right. kind of changed his life around, worked his way through cancer. But here's the thing about diabetes. Because he's mm-hmm. had it for so long, his arteries began to calcify, and that's one of the things about this disease. It's like it wrecks your body. It's not just about taking a, mm-hmm. a shot a couple of times a day. Mm-hmm. It literally kills your body. So his arteries Over had heart so by the time mm-hmm. you cut the infected part off a foot or a leg or something, if your arteries still are not pumping blood to that area, you have to cut further and amputate further and further. So it's, it, even once you turn your life around, you still have mm-hmm. to live with the ramifications of what the disease does to your body. My mother, diabetic, not as strict as my dad, does not really take watch her sugar, but then neither did my grandmother. It seems to be a generational thing where we see someone in our family not take care Mm -hmm. of themselves and then we grow comfortable with it, and then friends and family contribute to the person who has diabetes by bringing them unhealthy food or, you know, how, this is my next question. So if we don't have diabetes and we, someone in our family does, because my mother would get angry, it caused a lot of stress in our relationships when I would try to get her to eat well, you know, try to get her to try new things, and it just became a, a time where I just threw my hands up. How do we as a community, 
how do we stop, how do you say, I guess, how do you call it, um, enabler? How do we stop being enablers to our to our family members and friends who really need to watch their diet? Irene, would you like to put your sure. uh, opinion on there? <laughs> Absolutely. I think a lot of it is leading by example. It, a lot of it has to do with leading by example. We talk about, you know, one thing in our community, we love to, you know, break bread, right? You know, come together and eat right. together, right? You know, and, and fellowship. So I think if, you know, leading by example and contributing healthy alternative choices, you know, to the food, um, that might, you know, make a difference. I know one of the things, you know, my family, we, we love pasta. You know, my family, they love spaghetti and meatballs, but I know with the spaghetti, that's carbohydrates. So what I mm-hmm. do is I make, I make spaghetti out of vegetables. You know, so I bought a vegetable, you know, a, a spiralizer, and with zucchini and squash, I made spaghetti out of it. And I'll steam it the same way, you know, with some turkey meatballs. So, you know, it's spaghetti and meatball, but it's a healthier alternative. So instead of trying to, you know, get a person, you know, who's already set in their ways, um, you know, to turn things around, right, sometimes introducing them to healthy alternative choices um, might, might help, right, because you're not pushing the belief, but you're introducing it. Who doesn't like, you know, to try different cuisines? I know in my family we love to, we love to cook. Oh, I know some people who aren't too keen on trying new things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> My that's mother true. being no. one of them, like, you cannot get an old dog to, to teach her new tricks. It's not going to yeah. happen. Um, Nicole, maybe you can offer us some insight as a health and wellness coach on how you deal mm-hmm. with the mental aspects of getting people to make that switch. Um, right. Really, it, it it all boils down to how we are communicating with each other. Like, if, just like you said, believe about example, but if no one's actually, if you're not, a lot of people call themselves nowadays because we're in a technology age, okay? So this is a main source of our issue. We're so busy in our phones communicating when we're not communicating mm-hmm. in person and a lot of people aren't savvy with their phones still to this day. A lot of people still right. are, but their self-diabetes are not savvy with their phones. So they're just getting information from the doctors. They're not getting information from the community. It's just me. I'm on my own. It's just me. You know what I mean? Um so the way we handle things, we have, like, we have grow groups. We have um, meetups. We have meditation meetups, yoga meetups. And people that come to these meetups, they have different things going on, and you won't find out until you show up. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, have, we have different ways where you can go up to the schools and ask them, hey, can we have a health seminar for the children? And then once your background check clears, you can do it for free. You know what I'm saying? Or they'll even pay you to do it because they want the children to have the information. I feel like enough people are not out here pushing hard enough to get the message to the community because we have to push because people are not going to push for themselves. That's just the, the, right. the blatant and simple fact of it until you give them a nudge. A lot of people need the nudge. Like, once they get the nudge, they're like, oh, wow, now I can tell my cousin. Oh, yeah, I can tell my girlfriend, you know, and that's how the word spreads. Now, and what, yeah, um, and what I appreciate about you, Nicole, is the fact that, you know, you're going to, um, instead of, you know, dealing with one person, right, you're going to the masses where it's going to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to future generations where you can really make that significant impact. Of course, we we um yeah. we realize that when you teach a child, you teach a village. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when you right. when you teach a child, the child go like you might like some people people are very hard on parents nowadays. Oh, those parents don't do this and do that. When that child go home with that information, the mom might it might be mad at first, but then when the child goes to sleep, the mom might sit there and read the paper. You get know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of different right. things that people always put the negative out there, the ne- the narrow, um the negative stereotypes of our community of the mothers and the fathers, when they don't realize it, the parents do try. So if you give the, if you fill the child information with their head with good information, let me slow down, I'm sorry. 
and they take it home to their family, even if their brother or sister is sick. You know what I mean? Because a lot of children suffer from childhood diabetes now. And when I say suffer, they really suffer, you know. Yeah, um, unfortunately. They really suffer. So the idea that me and my son's, my son's school nurse now, only reason why I'm even friends with her is my son has bad allergies, so they're always calling about his nosebleeds and stuff like that. So we're, we're going to, um, they have an herbal garden there. So that's another way to teach children, teach them how to grow their own food too. You go home and they want to do it at home. So that's a great idea. I think one of the misconceptions that people have about maybe lower income sections where we can't get um, fresh vegetables or there's not enough education about eating fresh foods. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. I think it's really bad to put a stigma on parents because a lot of times with the amount of money that they have to stretch to feed a family, believe it or not, it's all sometimes cheaper to get like a, 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 a like a ten piece chicken dinner from some place for five dollars as opposed to sitting down and steaming some vegetables or they don't have access to it. So this can be a, a whole other topic, but I also feel like sometimes where you live and what you have access to plays a huge right. role in your diet, even your income and what you may be able to afford. And I think that's totally backwards. In t- like in today's world, where we know eating healthier is better, that it's cheaper to eat bad food than it is to eat food that will nourish you and sustain you. And so mm-hmm. you can pay a dollar and get a gallon sweet tea from McDonald's. You know, or like I said, a 25 mm-hmm chicken dinner for $10, and sometimes maybe a mother only has $10 and five kids to feed. So that's another, you know, miscellaneous variable in this diabetic equation that we, you know, can also take a look at. But right now, believe it or not, we're almost halfway into our hour. I'd like to um, open up the floor to a couple Mm -hmm. of callers. We have a couple of people on hold, and if you'd like to share your experience, I'm going to uh, open up the floor to 706-741, if you're still here. Uh, hello? Hello? Are you still hello? here? Is this 741? Yes, ma'am. Hi. What's can you your hear name? me? Yes, I My can. My name is Desiree. Hi, Desiree. Thank you for calling. Um, what would Thank you like you, to share in tonight's conversation, Desiree? Oh, just very great information um, shared by the ladies. I was impacted by diabetes. My grandmother had type 2, and my uncle had type 1 diabetes. And just seeing her daily routine with the lancets um, and the medications, and something she said to me always stayed with me. She used to say, Desiree, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And just seeing not only the diabetic medications that she took, she also had high cholesterol. She also had hypertension, and she had battle cancer. So when um, Irene was talking about all the conditions that people have, how they don't put a spotlight on diabetes, I agree with that because people think cancer and, and AIDS, it, well, AIDS is now um, – a chronic condition. It's not even something that can even, um, it's managed with medication. But when you say the C word, everybody gets scared, but diabetes is so prevalent in our communities and so prevalent in our families. Just seeing right. my grandmother, like I said, with all those medications, it, it made me think, you know what? If I can change how I eat 
if I can change movement, adding more movement into my life, I can eliminate or prevent myself from having to take any medication um, yeah. or, or living a more um, conscious way where wellness is so much part of my life and my culture. So I just know that thanks to her, even though she had to deal and manage her diabetes, and she did it well. She lived to 86 years old, but God she often her. told me, yes, yeah, God I bless lived to 86. You know, she lived a long time. However, how much of a, um, I would say, how was her the well-being? Quality, right? The quality, right? Yeah, the quality, thank you. Yep, how was the quality right. of her life mm-hmm. up to 86? She, you know, in and out of the hospitals for various reasons. So I look at myself and I look at my daughter and I said, no, we, we definitely have to break this cycle. We have to do better. And the, the way we start is what, what we put in our mouth and always checking on our health. And we go have our annual screenings. We um, go make sure that whatever um, signs that our body gives us, we heat. Because as women in the black community and Latino community, we tend to say, oh, no, we've got this. We have this thing that, you know, ah, I'm going to ignore that. No, you need to pay attention to your health, and you need to make that a priority. So I just I think wanted we can to share add that. Men to that equation, too, Desiree. I think we can add men to that, too, because just to interject, my father did not have to probably have his leg amputated had he treated the cut on his foot appropriately, knowing he was a diabetic, because it didn't come from a sore. He just stepped on something, and his foot became infected. But because of his diabetes, the infection just took over and the poor circulation from diabetes, and the infection just My took uncle. over. So men, we, yes. we really need to get just more in tune with taking care of ourselves and making sure we get our annual physicals and our blood work mm-hmm. done like we're supposed mm-hmm. to. And um, I know the numbers, you, yeah. Yeah, know your numbers. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Desiree. Just continue to hold one second. Thank you, I'm Desiree. I'm going to try to reach out. Thank oh, you very well, much. Um, we have uh, caller 804-651. Are you still here? I'm still here. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Valika, and I just want to say thank you, Kyrene, for inviting me to this call. Hi, Valika. Thanks for calling in. No problem. Um, I'm affected by diabetes because my son is a type has type one diabetes, and he has had it for the past twelve years. He was diagnosed at age at age five, and one thing that I've learned, and you've all, all already covered it, is so important to educate others on what it means to um, be a diabetic, what it means to be a caretaker of a diabetic, because it is very stressful. And people assume because you have type 1 diabetes is because you didn't eat healthy, and that's incorrect. The pancreas just stopped working the way it was supposed to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Type, 2, type 2 diabetes, we can do more with what we eat, how we exercise. And so it is important that we educate ourselves on that. And one thing with my son, I admire his strength. And the fact that with school, someone mentioned um, – having a good relationship with the nurse and sharing with kids so they can take that information home and share with their parents and so we can make the necessary changes 
we need to at home in our communities. But my thought is just the key is just to be educated and to support each other because it really is stressful when you feel it's a community problem. It really is. Yes. It and it really and and especially having a teenager. You know, that was going to be my like, question. You can't always can I, watch oh. what your children eat. How how do you manage mm-hmm. that? Like, how do you work that, with your son to make sure he, he's eating right? And that is um, some we've had our good days and our bad days. Of course, that from age 5 to about age 12, it was pretty simple because I could control what he eats. But when he goes out with his friends, mommy's not there. So I have to trust that he's eating the way that he's supposed to. I have to trust that his friends are staying on him, and he has been blessed with some really good friends that's going to say, okay, you can't have that, you know, try this, or I'll try this with you. So I'm going to eat vegetables because you're eating vegetables. And he knows I'm going to – he wears an insulin pump, so he knows that I'm going to check his blood sugar, and if something is out of order, he's going to unfortunately have a privilege taken away from him. And there is a – um a system, a sensor called Dexcom, and it monitors the blood sugar 24 hours a day, and it also sends a link to whoever's attached to that sensor. So it will let me know when his blood sugar is low or when he's high, so I can kind of monitor him that way as well. Wow. Okay, can I come with technology? That's great. Yes. All right, Tanya, can I interject interject a little tiny bit? Um, Sure, sure. I just want to. I want to go backwards when you said the pancreas is dead. Um, the pancreas cannot be dead because if the pancreas was dead, you would die. So this is where holistic medicine actually steps in because this is what westernized medicine tells you. And my, my firm belief, I know because I watch my mother. I watch my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I watch people die, family from diabetes. So the whole thing is like I was a child then, so I couldn't help them. So now my whole thing is like um, even – since you since you think that the pancreas is dead, the pancreas is not dead. It's um it's like a duck in the pancreas that's obstructed. It's not dead though. You know what I'm saying? So according to them, because it's obstructed, they consider we can't block it, but we can suppress you to keep you alive. You know what I'm saying? They can suppress anything that they need to suppress you with with the insulin to keep you alive instead of clearing the duct out. And this is why this is when we go into holistic medicine and cleaning yourself out by detoxing and stuff like that. Although it is dangerous to anyone that's on medication, you have to be watched over by a professional. You get what I'm saying? So it's not a thing where you can say, oh, let me take these herbs and I'm going to be cured. No, let me take these herbs and still be under a doctor's care, um, a holistic doctor's care and your doctor. So I had to put that out there that the pancreas is not dead. And something thank you, you very much. So, And thank you, Nicole, for also adding that before anyone goes on a completely holistic treatment on their own, please see a physician. I have seen people try to mm-hmm. cure diseases by faith in holistics, and you need a physician. They're all there to work together there. So together. Mm-hmm. it's a community yes. disease, and you need your community to help you manage it. So if yeah. – I'm sorry, did you have anything else to add? I'm sorry, I, uh, what was your name? Oh, it's Malika, but no, I just wanted Malika. to say I agree with you totally. It definitely takes the community to manage any illness. Well, thank you very much. I just want to grab one more caller who's been holding faithfully, so just hold on one moment, Malika. Stay on. If you have a question, I'll pop right back in. Hold on one second. Caller 706-741. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Can you hear Welcome me? Hi. Welcome to talking about. Yes, thank you very much. Would you like to introduce yourself? 
I'm Desiree. Oh, Desiree, I'm sorry. I thought yes. we lost you. I thought we lost no, you. No, I'm still here. Caller. Thank you very much no, for ma'am. hanging in there with us. Um, Irene, I thought you yes. you said, okay, you said you mentioned something about your culture being rice, rice being like a big thing in your culture. In yeah, the Spanish in, the, in, the, in the Hispanic. Yes, right, mm-hmm. arroz con gandule and, and pernil, of course. <laughs> That's a big thing, you know, and cassava, right? You know, all those rooted vegetables, you know, that we call sancocho, but, you know, and the Caribbean's core provision, those those rooted vegetables is very, you know, highly saturated in, in, in starch. And we don't, we don't understand that. You know, we're thinking, hey, we're eating these rooted vegetables, and it's from the ground, but although it's from the ground, it's not leafy greens. Leafy greens mm-hmm. is what we really need to start embracing more. You know, I also started, with, you know, with the juicing because, you know, that's the way to get right into your system and kind of, you know, balance out, you know, whatever toxins is in, in your system. But absolutely, rice and peas is a big thing in the, you know, in the um, Spanish as well as Caribbean culture too. I don't want to just, you know, put it as just this being a Latino um, situation because my father is a Caribbean, you know, but I mean, he's one person who I actually saw manage this. And I mean, he's seen me in and out the hospital, okay, you know, due to, you know, the elements, other elements that affect our community. And I've never once, you know, and I'm 39, you know, going on 40, never once seen this man sick. And he's going to be 70 years old. And God bless his heart. He's my, he's my new best friend now. I said, you know, with this silent killer, I need to stick close to him and see what it is that he's doing and start taking, you know, just being proactive mm. and taking on, what, you know, whatever he's doing, you know, and just kind of bite the bullet. And I started to do that in the house, right? Um, another friend that was supposed to call in, but she didn't have a chance to because, you know, um, due to work obligations, but she did give me an opportunity, you know, gave me permission to share her story. But she's, all, she's, a, she's a, a daughter of an only child, right, you know, of a, of a mother who was a nurse. And, you know, her mother, she had to actually, you know, pull the plug on her mother. You know, her mother went and, you know, slipped into this, you know, sleep-induced coma and wouldn't come out. She was actually, like, in the vegetative state, and it was the hardest thing for her to have to pull the plug and end her suffering. And I was, you know, it impacts me because I was there to see that. But, I mean, the prelude to that was, you know, this was a, a mother, you know, and a nurse who was taking care of others and not put in, and putting herself last not monitoring her food intake. She got diagnosed with diabetes, and rather than, you know, adjust some of the diets, she just continued on, and eventually, you know, she couldn't walk, so she needed a walker. She needed a cane, then a walker. From the walker, she needed, you know, um, a leg amputation. From the amputation, you know, went into the coma, and it was just really sad. But the impact, just like, you know, what happened with Desiree and what happened with Nicole it made my friend kind of look back and say, hey, I don't want that to be me. So she's one of those who actually got me into, the, you know, healthy eating. So, you know, shout out to Kelly. Kelly is her name. She definitely watches what she eats, you know. So instead of using, you know, um, you know regular oil, she'll cook with olive or coconut oil, you know, or she'll do a lot of baking and roasting and broiling. Very rare do you see her frying. And that's it's something that's really big in our community. And, um, Tanja, you said something very interesting. You know, it's easy and more convenient for the mother to spend $5, right, $5, $10 on a 20-piece fried chicken meal, right, versus, you know, actually, you know, help, you know, putting together a healthy meal. And when people come to me and tell me, hey, you know, how expensive it is to eat healthy, I say, listen, it's gonna, we have to spend money regardless, right? I'd rather pay the farmer 
than to pay the pharmacist. When Desiree said, hey, I've seen all these medications, so my grandmother had to see, you know, had to take medication, you know, for her diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and cancer, I can only imagine what was on her counter because my mother is a two-time cancer survivor, and the amount of medication that I saw in her, I said, never again, oh, my God, that's also put me into that health and wellness, you know, um, you know, embracing a holistic, you know, alternative lifestyle as well in terms of my eating because, yes, it may look like it's expensive, you know, to eat more healthier, but in the long run, I'd rather mm-hmm. spend that 8 $9, you know, on, 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 on some fruits and vegetables than to spend $80, $90 per pill to keep me alive. And, that, you know, we go back to coaching. It goes back to the perspective, you know, your mindset. What's the story you're telling yourself? And that's the story I'm always going to tell myself. Hey, you know, yes, this might be expensive now up front, but you know what, down the line, I'm either going to have to pay the farmer or the pharmacist. I want nothing to do with the farm. I'm trying to stay as far away from the pharmaceutical industry. So let me go this route. And that kind of makes the blow a little easier, you know, and less in that $5 fried chicken, you know, dinner, a little less tempting because at least I know that I'm stretching my years out or improving the quality of my life because Desiree said, look, her grandmother lived to be 86 and God bless her heart, right? We talked about that. They live for long stretches, but then there's that quality of life. How long did she have to live with that? You know, she probably had like a good 20 years that she was in and out of the hospital, and that's no type of life either. So, I know, agree. It's, I it's, agree. It's a, big, it's a big impact all around. Can't get around it. I, that's um, why I kind of saw killer. my mother saw something go through the same thing. She's on a lot mm-hmm. of medication, I'll just put it that way, but the diabetes yeah. affected her heart which led to heart attacks. The diabetes affected her vision, which leads to her not being able to drive at night. It affects so much of your body, your vision, your heart, Mm -hmm. your arteries. It's, I just would like to, I don't really know. It just seems like I can remember just generations of my, my great aunt had both of her legs amputated. I, we seem to be so comfortable with it and, even it's not that, though. I know we just didn't have the information out there. Right. Like, well, how do we change the mindset of the older generation? Because if you go to any church on a Sunday, I guarantee you mm-hmm. half the church probably yes. have diabetes, but they're eating yes. the cake and the punch and, you know, so how do they, does it start they think, in the church? And the candy yams. Yep, and the candy yams and the college. Yep. The problem, the so problem how do we get the churches involved? How do we get the schools involved? And I remember when Michelle Obama kicked off her healthy eating initiative. And I got to yes. kind of say that I, I know politics is politics, but to hear the resistance coming from get government out of our our lives, government shouldn't tell us how to eat, I kind of thought that to was the right kids. place to start yeah. because – by there, you can get more advertisement on television. We can get it initiated in the school. So can we really turn this thing around if we can't get our states and our health care system on board? Because they're ready well, to give about us medicine it. because it's they about make the, money. It's about the, yes, it's about the pharmaceuticals. They're the ones who rule this world, you know. And okay. I'm so sad, you know, to see Sebi Lee, Dr. Sebi, because I followed him. A lot, and he's the one who put me on to alkaline water and have following uh, alkaline diet, right? You know, that God bless his soul, and he was here for a purpose. But I think because he put it out there, 
you know, you're going to have the Nicole's of the world, you know, that's going to continue to, you know, that, that, that legacy and, and, and that narrative, you know, that's going to affect generations to come. But for us, we just didn't have that information because, I mean, think about it, right? We watch our parents suffer and our grandparents, but no, they, they never stop to think, hey, you know, I don't want you to end up like me, so here's what you should do. No, they were, you know, I mean, what, level but, three? You know, why like, is that? Why is that, that Irene? Me, why do me, they continue like uh, that? Listen. Why do Nicole, we continue like what that? What do you think? I I know I know for a fact. Just me talking mm-hmm. to a, a sister um, last week about her health, and she was like so proud of the fact that she was southern and that she ate these things. That she laughed at me. She almost thought I was like a city hippie. I'm like, you don't even know that my family is southern. I just grew up in the city, and I was born in the city. You know what I'm saying? I said, so I have a history of family that grew food, but they still had diabetes because they still didn't eat the right way. So it's almost yeah. like people think it's laughable. They think it's laughable that we, that we want to eat healthy. They think, oh, you just want to be a know-it-all. No, I just want to live longer. I just don't want my yeah. child to be obese. I just don't want my children to die before me. I don't I want my children to bury me. I don't want to bury my children. Yeah, you know what I'm right, right. That's yeah. mindset. When we are having these children and we're with our family, we don't want to see our family members die. But if there's nothing we can do to help them, my our job is to help someone else. You know what I'm saying? Who, it's wants, not saying who your, wants to be helped, too, yeah. It's not saying let your family die. And for anyone to ever believe that the government, what Michelle Obama did was fantastic because it opened the door for people like Phenomenal. us to go in. I mean, it opened the door for people yeah. like us to come into schools now. They, now they want involvement from the community. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. before that, like when it comes to health and wellness and stuff like that, the school really didn't want that much involvement from the community. You know, they just had the school nutritionist and the school nurse try to handle a whole building full of like maybe 700 children. You know what I mean? Well, um, I think right. and I all agree that these school lunches are yeah. horrible. I mean, when you, I saw a post uh, comparing the United States school lunch compared yeah. to what children are served in Europe and they get fresh vegetables mm-hmm. and fruit and yeah. What we have literally doesn't look like it's even fit to be served to, like, farm animals half the time what these kids are eating. What they're eating is is, is just as bad as what they're eating in prison. It's always high in sodium and high in sugar. So they're actually yeah, killing our children. A lot of processed food, yeah. Very processed. Like, I have a vegan child that's in a public school. So my son, if he goes on the trip, the teacher is always calling me the night before. She calls me on my phone to f- figure out where they're going to be at, what's available for Aiden to eat, and how much money do I send with him for lunch, you know, because I don't play that. I don't play the whole just feed my son to lunch at school, no, because my son, I don't right. want him to, I don't want to aid in his destruction, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, in his demise. At nine years old, he's a vegan, you know what I mean? Like, if he asks me, Mommy, can I have a burger? Sure, you can, because that's what you want, but you're, because he's always been on a plant-based diet, you know, but he's still a child, and he, if he asks for something like that, I don't want him to have it, but I will let him because he asked, you know what I mean? Um, it's all about moderation with me. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. what I choose to do for myself is for myself, but I also want my children to know there's a right way to eat and there's a wrong way to eat. Like, you're not going to yeah. sit up every day. You're not going to um, – I definitely teach them not to believe that the government wants to help you because if you believe that, you're going to keep on dying. You're going to keep on being sick. You know, you have to show the government that you're going to heal your own self. You're going to work for your people. You're going to heal your own people. And that's why they keep on pushing medicine so hard because our people are waking up. Our people are waking yeah. up. Like, well, we went back to the church thing about how we're going to teach the church. We're not going to teach the church because a lot of people in the church believe that God's going to heal them. They don't realize when you pray and you don't work for that prayer, nothing's going to happen. You cannot just pray stuff away. You have to work for the, right. the things that you're asking for. You have to work for it, and that's when things start to change. So if you're praying for your health to get better and you're not doing anything to make your health better, you will die. You will die because I watch it happen. You will die. All right, I'm, excuse me. I'm sorry. I get, I'm, real, I'm really passionate about health and wellness. And it's like because we watch so many people die from this disease. It's so horrible. Like You see people in wheelchairs. Nobody's helping them. Everybody's just walking. It's like, oh, I don't see that. You see it. 
You see it. You know what I mean? You see this, these things happen to your family member, and you cry and cry and cry at your funeral, but you was the same one getting them Pepsi from the corner store every day. You know what I mean? So it's like we aid in our in destruction of our families and of our community, and if we don't do something, it's going to get worse. Well, okay. I think okay. what we touched upon <laughs> earlier is a lot of us really yeah. want to help our family members, but they are resistant to change. They and are. I've dealt with they that, are. and it can cause a lot of stress in 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 a relationship um we still have some people holding on i just want to check back in and okay. see if any of our callers have any other comments they may have thought of i'm going to start off with 973870 are you still here yes i am Tanya. how are you is it <laughs> anthony yes it is hi welcome anthony anthony aren't you a diabetic yes i am <laughs> Would and you, uh, you care to share with us, you know, how you manage your diabetes on a day-to-day basis? Because I've seen some of your pictures of your food on Facebook, Anthony. So it would you be interesting right to learn, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how you're managing your diabetes as, as opposed to what I'm seeing on Facebook. But thank you, Anthony. Go ahead. Well, I'm a type 2 diabetic, and I found out about five years ago, and it's hard, you know. The medication is the problem for me. I didn't. I don't like taking medication. And these doctors, they pump you with medication, take a pill for this, take a pill for that. And so I had to do my research. You know, I was real lazy about it. I had to do my research and find out what this medication does to me. And the medication attacks your kidney, attacks your liver. And I'm like, why am I taking these pills? Mm-hmm. I had to learn Are you to saying your insulin? Are you saying your insulin no, medication? I'm, no, I'm taking metformin. Okay, Okay, so for those of us who don't know what that is, what is that? That's a pill to help your diabetes, manage your diabetes. Okay. And that's what they pump into you now, better forming. And this has adverse side effects? Yes, it does. Over time, it attacks your liver, it attacks your kidney. Now, when they give you the metformin, they give you another pill to protect your kidney. So, you know, that's what made me do research. You give me something, and you give me something to protect me. You know, I made me do research on this medication. So I had to really dig into myself and say, I got to get off this medication. I got to get rid of these diabetes. And my eating habits were bad. You've seen that, Tanya. <laughs> yes. A lot of I, women I, in my I, life I are southern women, and, and they cook everything in Greece. Uh-huh. So I had to learn I didn't know the difference between romaine lettuce and iceberg lettuce. You know, I had no idea. I never ate a cauliflower, you know. I was just french fries, everything. But, you know, I changed my eating habits, and I started exercising. And while my A1C was 7.3, now it's down to 6.2. Oh, wow, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, I worked yeah, work real hard, and... As of last month, they told me to stop taking the medication. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. 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 I have a question for you, Anthony. Now, since you said you didn't grow up eating stuff like cauliflower or baked food instead of fried, how did you introduce yourself to new foods? Like, what steps did you take? Uh, I went to a nutritionist. (laughs) And she was an Asian lady, and she is a vegetable-aholic. Vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. (laughs) And she taught me, you know, vegetables I'd never heard of. And she would teach me about it and tell me to buy it and eat it. Now, it can get pricey, but you're right. It's better to buy vegetables than buy medication. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, that, that fried food, oh, I love fried chicken, but I can't have it. I learned to bake. I learned, you know, a lot of different ways you can eat healthy, you know, smoothies yeah. and vegetables. And it just, you know, you got to really work at it. And exercise is a real key. You know, you yeah. got to drop, I drop. I dropped 41 pounds. Wow. That's you know, that's wow. You got to really yeah. work it. I'm still working at it because, like, I'm still on the borderline. You know, they're still testing me, blood work, and so I can't slip up now. I got to keep at so it. So you're on your way, we're though. Not you're again. on your way to eradicating, you know, the, yeah, the you silent You should try um, to take more herbs with, that's going to boost your iron levels up. Um and actually, it will help you out a lot. Like, um, bladderwrack is an herb called bladderwrack, and you can take that in your tea. You can put it in your salads, um, different things like that. Um, if you actually stop eating meat for like a week, then you will notice a, a major drop in your levels too, a major drop, and okay. you can get tested again after that. Thank you very now, much. Now, Nicole, is that just Nicole? Is that all meat, or is that just red meat? No, I just need him to stop taking meat for one week to see the difference, and then get tested, or like get his levels tested. Like, do, it's like you do it now if you have an appointment coming up, like within the next three weeks. If he stop eating meat for one week, you know what I mean, and then he slowed down but his is moderation it, but of is meat. Is it like, red meat or every, is it all meat, like chicken, no meat, chicken, no all turkey? All meat, okay. all meat. He can just like all meats. No meat. I mean, um, you can use oyster yeah, mushrooms. You can use portobello mushrooms. Um, you can actually make jerk chicken out of uh, oyster mushrooms. The same way you prepare the chicken, instead of, you know, cleaning it, you would just soak them in water, you know, when you clean the oyster mushrooms out like that. Um, the portobello mushrooms, you just soak it, and then you will saute it, and you can make it into a cheeseburger, you know what I mean, and hook it up. Yes, it, I love portobello that. mushrooms. I love a portobello mm-hmm. mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> because just to see of them is very thick. So a lot of people that um, that have switched over to become vegan, the diabetics, they love it because it's like it's not really that different when you just when you use like similar seasons. You know what I mean? It's all about the season right. and the people. People like say they don't want to be vegan because they miss the consistency of meat, like the way it tastes in your mouth. Now oyster mushrooms and portobello mushrooms give off great consistency vibes for um, burgers and chicken. They definitely. Wow. And can I also say I actually made a chili out of three different type of mushrooms a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and my mother could not tell the difference. She did not know it was oh, a yeah. meat. <laughs> and what I did was I took all three of the mushrooms and I put them in a food processor where it looked just like ground meat. She could not mm-hmm. tell the difference. Wow. Wow. Great. And great to know. I do that with and my just like um, Irene said, awesome. she has her little spaghetti maker for her um for your squash, right, zucchini Irene? Isn't that squash, what you do? Yeah, squash zucchini, or zucchini? Uh, yeah, zucchini as well. Yep, you could do it with zucchini, squash, carrots. You know, you could spiralize it, and there you have it. Yeah, you have spaghetti, but made out of vegetable, and it's a lot tastier. And you could season it to your liking, and you don't have to feel guilty like, oh my God, I have all this carbohydrate. I wonder how much sugar is just gonna break right. down into. Yeah, and it's another. You. A, Oh, and one more thing, like, you can have fried foods. Now, listen to this. You're not going to believe this. Some people don't never believe it. You have to change the oil that you're using, and you have to change the flour that you're using. That's the main problem with frying food, the oil and the flour. Yeah, the unbleached, right? So it has to be bleached. No, not even even none of that stuff that they make. You want to get some chickpeas, and if you have a food processor, you throw them bad boys Mm -hmm. in there, and you make your own flour, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, You can, uh, yeah, it's like a whole a whole array of different flowers you can use. Um, spelt flour, they sell it at Whole Foods, they sell it at um, Aldi's, and they also sell it now at, like, um, ShopRite. 
in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But this is why I use my, my son has autism. He has a sensory disorder. So he loves fried food. So I always trick him with oyster mushrooms, and I fry them for chicken nuggets and give them to him. And he has no idea. Ah, good idea. Good yeah. idea. I've also changed my oil. I now use grapeseed oil. I no longer yes, use yes, canola yes. oil or vegetable oil. It's coconut right. or grapeseed oil. Those and can I say... The, the, okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, for all those soda lovers out there, the diet soda is actually worse for you than the normal soda because the chemicals that they put in the diet soda, uh, Once when I worked at Kessler Rehab and they did a study on it, it actually gave false positive results for lupus and MS, and they did a study on diet soda. So the, 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 the chemicals from diet sodas are just as bad as the, you know, or worse than the regular soda. And I wanted to throw out there, I tried to introduce my mom. Seltzer water has so many different kinds of flavors now. The Polar brand mm-hmm. has every kind of flavor seltzer water you can think of. If Even if you have to have that carbonated drink and, you, you know, you need mm-hmm. that Pepsi or something, seltzer water with some lemon juice or lime juice in it, it, yeah. it works, and believe it or not, you can get used to drinking iced tea without sugar. Yes. I, I know yes. it will yes. take a Thank minute, you. but Thank trust you. me, mm-hmm. you can drink different types of teas without sugar, mm-hmm. and you will be fine. Mm-hmm. We just, I've seen just from watching our families cook, we put sugar in everything. When my mom made cornbread, yeah. she put mm-hmm. sugar in it. If she made corn spaghetti. on the cob, she put sugar in mm-hmm. it. Spaghetti, put sugar in it. Like, we have got to stop with this white poison. It literally is like, it's just poison. Sugar is poison. So now, can you go back to the to the fried? You said you said that there's a way to fry without um, it impacting our cholesterol. Please share. Right, because it's like you're if you're not using all these things that's going to like I like I was explaining earlier how the pancreas is not dead, it's blocked. You know what I mean? But the everything we're using and the um, the nutritional doctor said we nutritional guy is high in alkalinity. So high in alkalinity is making the blood electric. When your blood is electric, it's killing disease. So if, even if you're right. frying, but the objective of it to not always eat it anyway like you can still have it as a treat but do not always use fried food even if it is approved you get what i'm saying because it still can cause problems you don't want to have anything blocked up because you're always eating fried stuff just because it's approved you know what i mean is all everything is always in moderation now what i mean is you can use grapeseed oil you can use um olive oil but it has to be like extra virgin and um i use cold pressed olive oil for my children because they like the way olive oil tastes better than grapeseed oil i noticed their face changed um and it's actually like the consistency in it you can tell the difference the taste and difference from them like i can see the way their faces mm-hmm. change um and you can you can use these flowers and stuff like that they're a little bit expensive salt flour can cost up to like 17.99 for a bag but since you're not always going to be frying food you can actually just buy the one bag for like and it'll last you like three or four months you know what i'm saying um and as far as wait the oils, okay. What about what oven frying? Oven frying is not good because I don't fry on the stove, but I do oven fry. You know, uh, I put right. You turn your oven down low, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. There's something good that you guys can eat. It's called fried green tomatoes. Like you said, put it um, on a sheet pan, and you put mm-hmm. some grapeseed oil on it, and a little bit of um, Himalayan salt, not pink Himalayan salt, just regular Himalayan salt, and a little bit of pepper, mm-hmm. and you put it in there. You turn it over. And then and then you have it. It's like it's sear and it's really good for you. The same thing with anything else. Just look, put it low temperatures. It's better. So you don't kill right. kill the, but when it's electric, you're not going to kill it anyway. Um, now I was right. agreeing with um, Tanja when she said about the oils. A lot of those oils cause cancer. They uh-huh. cause high blood pressure. Yes, they cause a lot of things. The oils like canola, Weston, the things we grew up on. That's that's all trash. It's literally trash. And it I is. hope anyone's not offended. 
please stop using it. Like, if you have it in your house today, throw it away. Just stop using it. Use sunflower oil, grapeseed oil. Like, Trader Joe's, which I like better than Whole Foods, I find them a little bit more reasonable. I mean, they they have have samples, cooking classes. You can just go there and learn so much about how to eat better. But I I really, from from canola to vegetable oil to sunflower seed and grapeseed oil, and my son doesn't notice a difference, you know, it's, it's just... Mm-hmm. getting your mind wrapped around us. I, Nicole, I would have really liked for you to give us some more information on alkaline water. Okay. Um, now, alkaline water. Really, this is, really quick, like, we, we got oh, nine we minutes call, to go. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm going to speed it up. We call it, um, we have a water debate in the whole um, vegan community of what's the best water to use, what's the best water not to use. So, from the, the Dr. Sebi method, basically, we are the best thing to do is go to a natural spring. Actually, a natural spring is called findmyspring.com, and it should be a, in every state. It's a spring where you can go to and just literally collect water with your water bottles. Wow, I Find didn't know that. Okay. Findmyspring.com. Okay. A lot of us vegans, we are really into the earth thing. Like me, I grow my own food, make my own clothes, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's called, it's the water that I use is called Crystal Geyser. Now, they sell this water in the dollar store. Now, any, a lot of things in the dollar store you don't want to use. Like, but this water has been approved, is approved by um, Dr. Stebby's website. I think I know by... what you're talking about because I yes. use it a lot, too. Is it like red, white, yes. and blue? Yeah. Yes. Yes, red, white, and, and it's like red, a really crispy taste, very refreshing yeah, taste. Yeah. yeah, it's real clear. I'm it's looking at clear. the bottle. I'm looking for the, so, for the bottle now so that I can confirm it. So no more, no more Fiji water. Yes. Fiji water has added minerals in it. And that's what you do not yeah. want to do. Natural sugar is already high in alkalinity because it comes down the spring. It rubs off the rocks and it has all the natural geyser in it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you want to stick to anything that says natural spring water. You don't want anything with fluoride in it, no matter what the dentist tell you, no matter what that's the right. government tell you, yeah. for you. It, that water is delicious, by the way. I'm confirming it to you. I'm so hyped because I use, I, that's the only thing I go to the dollar store for, for these waters, and I buy them by the tenfold. And that's all yeah, I use oh, because it okay. tastes better. It tastes better than mm-hmm. Poland Spring, than Evian. I don't know what it is. The taste is just much better. So I'm very um, enlightened, you know, and inspired to know that, hey, you know, this is healthy for us. So thank you very much for that, Nicole. Yeah, thank can you, I Nicole. That was good information, too. Can, can I add one more thing in real quick? Sure. Um, people, with type, people, with, people with type 2 diabetes should have up to 150 minutes of, week of moderate to intense exercise. And it helps reduce blood pressure, um, and it improves the glucose tolerance. And also, if you have garlic, lavender, um, the bromide plus powder, bladderwort, aloe vera, spinach, broccoli, potatoes, um, magnesium, whole grains, um, magnesium, you want whole grains, nuts, um, green leaf vegetables, as Anthony was talking about, um, cinnamon, um, yes, ginseng, yes. little bit in my coffee, everything. Mm-hmm, that's perfect. Ginseng, too. Like the little bottles of ginseng, you can drink that deli and throw it in your tea, too. Um, you can eat some walnuts. Um, I don't, it's salmon, salmon is on there, but you guys know I'm a vegan, so I'm just going to say you like salmon. I don't eat salmon. Um, salmon is on there for omega-3, fatty acids, and walnuts as well. Um, and that's all I have to add about that. I just had to throw that in there about people do need to get the exercise in, even if it's just walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you just walk, if you walk like 30 minutes a day, like just walk around your neighborhood, 
look at the new herbs, like take a herb book and start identifying stuff that you that you can eat. You know what I mean? There's always a reason. And if you don't have walk. someone to walk with, go on Facebook, utilize. You'll be surprised how many people are just sitting at home because they don't have someone to walk with. But reach out. You never know someone at work or a neighbor may need to get That's out true. and walk too. And maybe it can just start with a walk around the block. I personally love it when mm-hmm. I see the seniors in the mall walking up and down because, you know, it's either keep it moving or lose it. We have got to yeah. exercise more, got to exercise more. In the last That's five true. minutes, I just wanted to give uh, Irene and Nicole a chance to give their contact information and how you can reach out to them if you have any follow-up questions. Um, Irene, would you like to start giving your information? Sure, yeah. You can find me on Facebook. I have a um, you know a page called Black Rain Coaching. That's B-L-A-Q-U-E-R-E-I-N, Coaching. And then my website is www.blackraincoaching.com. I'm a life and, um, you know, career transition coaching. You know, one of the things that I'm really big on is helping clients create their own path. And what I mean by creating their own path, their own path to enlightenment. And this conversation definitely helps, you know, to create a path towards, you know, enlightenment around, you know, healthy living. There's eight areas that you know, really dictate our life, and health and wellness is definitely one of those areas. And in the spirit of health, self-care, right, this is this was definitely a conversation that was worth having. So, Tanja and Nicole, I thank you so much. It was a privilege, you know, sharing this stage and moderating this conversation with you ladies. And I look forward to anybody who has any other follow-up questions for me, please just reach out to me. I'm always available. Irene, give your thank telephone you. number and your Gmail, Irene. Your okay, email account, so my, like my email is irene at blackraincoaching.com. My phone number is 347-898-8806. Thank you very much, sis. Nicole, would uh-huh. you like to give your contact information? Um, peace, sure. Thank you. Um, peace, you can find me on Facebook under Coach Raina Nicole. That's Coach Space Raina Nicole. That's R-E-E-N-A-N-I-C-O-L-E. Um, Nicole, you can also find me on Facebook under Sankofa's Treasure uh, Natural. Sorry, that was my um, other business. Sorry about that. Um, the C A N S A N K O. Wait, S A N K O S A S Naturals um, on Facebook as well. Um, the same. You can find me anywhere on Instagram, on Google. Um, Nicole Feldman, and. Oh, I'm sorry. My telephone number. My nerves are bad. My nerves are bad. I'm sorry. Um, yes, okay. I do. <laughs> I do. I do life coaching and I do wellness coaching. I have um, what you call 30 days to create a habit, 90 days to change your lifestyle. Um, this is where after the seven day trial of breaking people into vegans or the seven day trial of seeing if you really want to take this self care thing, I use I put people to a seven day trial. And then okay, we go very quickly the give your telephone number. Like, very quickly give yeah. your telephone uh-huh. number. Oh, two one five three eight zero three seven nine six. Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, okay, not that quick. One more time. <laughs> oh, two one five three eight zero three seven nine six. Thank you for having okay. me too. I appreciate you. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in and helping me out with this conversation. And um, thank you for all of my callers who called in to share their experience. And I look forward to working with you, ladies, again to have another great conversation. And I hope. I hope and pray that there's something that someone can take away from this conversation, this dialogue, and maybe it'll just change something in someone's life or a friend's life 
so we can just stop this devastating disease and manage it and kick its ass like it needs to be kicked. So on that note, I'd like to say thank you very much, everyone, and I hope everyone has a very pleasant evening. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thank you.